Is that better? Now that's better, right? Now you can hear me? All right, fantastic. Hey, is camp off to a good start? Yeah? Hey, um, your leaders are going to give up a lot to be here with you over the next few days, okay? Your leaders are going to give up sleep. Um, They're going to give up being comfortable. It sounds like they're taking cold showers unless they're going home to shower, okay? Um, They're going to give up a lot time with their family so that you might come to know Jesus just a little bit more deeply. You might see him more clearly, fall in love with him more deeply. How about a hand for the leaders for their sacrifice, huh? Um, it is an honor and a privilege for me to be with you. Um, as Pastor Joe said, I work over at IUP with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I get to hang out with college students a lot. I do not get to hang out with high school and junior high students very much. So I am so thrilled to be with you all tonight. Um, one of the things we do um, at IUP is we take our students on international mission trips to the Dominican Republic. And when we have our very first meeting... The thing we tell them is, listen, there is one thing that you absolutely must take on your trip to the Dominican Republic. It is the most important thing. Do not leave your house and go to the airport without it. What do you think it is? Um, No, it's not the Bible, but maybe we should change our meeting. Yeah. It is not a glow stick. Yes. No, it's not even their passport, although they will not go without a passport. Yes? No, we don't. You can actually get that there if you have to. And we've probably had a few students who have. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. You have to have a great attitude. You cannot leave your house without a great attitude. Now, why is that? Because in the Dominican Republic, everything almost works. That'll hit some of you later on, okay? That means it doesn't work, okay? And every plan you have will not turn out the way you thought that it would. That's how it goes in a third world country, right? And so um, if you're going to the Dominican Republic and you think everything's going to be just how you planned it and it's going to be great and then it doesn't, what's going to happen to your attitude And then you're going to be miserable, and then you're going to make everybody else miserable, right? But if you decide you're going to have a great attitude, then when the showers are cold all week long, guess what? You're still going to have a great time. And when you get stuck riding on a cattle truck, and it starts to downpour rain for an hour while you're on your way back to the compound, guess what? You sing and dance on the cattle truck, and you have a great time. And so, um, listen, I know that this camp isn't what people planned or what people expected it to be, but if you will determine to have a great attitude together, if you will determine that we're going to have a great time together, the cold showers won't even matter. You all will have a great time. Now, here's why that's important. Because if we get caught up in our circumstances, we will miss what God has to say to us. Right? And if we choose to have a good attitude and choose to have a great time and choose to keep our ears open, listen, God is going to say something to you. If he didn't already through Dr. Rummel this morning, he is going to say something to you that will change your life. And I don't want you to miss it. 
Don't miss it. When I was 12 years old, I went to church camp for the very first time. And on Tuesday night, the speaker had a message. I said I was 12. I'm old now. That was a long time ago. I remember what the speaker said on Tuesday night. He preached a sermon about the five infractions we commit against God. And he linked all of them to something in basketball. He had his, I think he just wanted to blow his whistle at us all night. So, you know, yeah, infraction number one, double dribble. Here's what that means in life when, you know, and he applied it to a scripture. And 35 years later, I still remember what God said to me through him on Tuesday night when I was 12 years old. And he wants to say something to you to change the course of your life. Let's get it. Shall we get it? All right, good. We're going to jump in tonight in John chapter 8. My task is to try to help you understand what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12. I have, I am the light of the world. Okay? So I'll give you just a second to get there. Again, John chapter 8, verse 12. When you have it, look up at me. All right, let's go. Then Jesus spoke again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. What in the world does that mean? Well, let's dig into it. I think the first thing we have to try to decide is, what is what is light? Jesus is saying, I am light. So I think we need to understand what is light. So this is easy, right? Somebody tell me, what is light? The absence of darkness. I, you know, I, ha I haven't thought about that. You're, you're putting me on the spot. Because what I would have said is darkness is the absence of light. But I don't know that you're incorrect. You might be correct. So we'll let that hang out there for a little bit, okay? Light. What, what is light? Light is, in some way, is, it is energy. You're right. And you got further than I did without looking it up. So that's good. Light is energy. Light is? It, light is God's spirit. Okay, I, that's a spiritual answer. Way to bring that to Bible camp. I like it, okay? Light. Sometimes it's easier to define things by what they do than it is by what they are. So tell me, what, what does light do? I was going to say technically light is waves. It is waves. It's energy and it's waves. That's correct. In fact, let me just throw this out. Light is electromagnetic radiation that can be detected by the human eye. Okay, so way to go by the scientists in the room. That's good. I, I really wasn't trying to go that deep. Somebody tell me what light is by what it does. What does light do? Light lights things up. That's right. That's good. Okay, it illuminates. Yes. It helps us see. Okay, good. What else does it help us do? Okay, it helps us see a lot more. There are things we can't see in the darkness, we can see in the light. What color is my shirt? 
Right, okay. Now, if we turn the lights off, what color will my shirt be? Well, it'll still be blue, but what color will it look? It will look black, right? I mean, because it's, because we're in it. So when it's illuminated, it looks different, okay? Light helps us. Well, let me read this to you, okay? No single answer to the question, what is light, satisfies the many contexts in which light is experienced, explored, and exploited. The physicist is interested in the physical properties of light. The artist in an aesthetic appreciation of the visual world. Through the sense of sight, light is a primary tool for perceiving the world and communicating in it. Light helps us understand what is going on around us, and light helps us to communicate. You know the greatest part of your communication is nonverbal communication? Right? If we sat in a dark room and we had a conversation, it would be completely different than if we sat in a lighted room with a conversation and said the same exact words. Because light brings understanding to things. Light from the sun warms the earth, drives global weather patterns, and initiates the life-sustaining process of photosynthesis. On the grandest scale, light's interactions with matter have helped shape the structure of the universe. Think about where we'd be without light. The universe would not be the universe without light. One of the first things God says is, let there be light in the way that he shapes the universe. Almost all of the information about the rest of the universe reaches earth in the form of electromagnetic radiation. Right? Okay, so I need a volunteer. Please, come on up. Yes. Tell me who you are. Kate. Kate, have we met before? I don't think we have. I'm Scott. It's nice to meet you. Thanks for volunteering. Come on up. Kate's brave to uh, volunteer for something with someone she's never met before. Right? Give Kate a hand. All right, Kate, for those of us who don't know you in the room, what do we need to know about you to know Kate? Tell me who you are. Uh, I'm 13 years old. Okay. I go to the junior high school. Okay. I like to draw and swim and play with my dog. Draw and swim and play with your dog. Okay, good. Kate, can you see? Not at all. Okay. I'm going to turn you around here a couple times. I'm going to try not to hit you in the face while I do it, okay? But I can't make any promises. All right, that's good. Now, Kate, I want you to find your seat. Go ahead. Hmm? Okay, good. Okay. Are you all enjoying this? <laughs> You're sick people. Uh, I 
All right, Kate, let's take it off. Let's see. That's good. I'm going to try to do this without pulling your hair. But again, no promises. There we go. All right. Look, you almost made it. You were close. All right. Now, Kate, come back up here. Now, Kate, find your seat. Is light good? Well done. Well done. Give Kate another hand. Okay. I, I thought it was interesting. You started to feel for things that you had already seen. Right? Your light was reference. Even when you were in the darkness, light was still a reference point for you. Right? Um, you all think that's funny, watching Kate stumble around in the darkness, right? Okay. Huh? I don't think it's funny. Oh, okay. Well, I, I thought it was a little bit funny, I'll be honest with you. Okay? <laughs> but let me ask you this. Who's signing up to let Kate drive them home tonight with a blindfold on? Anybody doing that? No, we're not doing it. Well, that's, that's pure craziness. Okay? Listen. Light brings life. It helps us understand the world. It helps us communicate. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now listen, in uh, verse 12, did you see how it started? How did verse 12 start? That's right. Again, Jesus spoke to them. And the passage we're going to look at then to figure out about this light of the world is John 8, 1 through 11, because if Jesus is speaking again to them, we have to know who is it that he's speaking to and why is he speaking to them again, all right? So let's jump back, chapter 8, verse 1, okay? And I'm going to read this for you. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple area, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began teaching them. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the act of adultery. And after placing her in the center of the courtyard, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. What then do you say? Now, they were saying this to test him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. And when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Now, when they heard this, they began leaving one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone, and the woman where she was in the center of the courtyard. And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go, from now on, do not sin any longer." This is the story that precedes Jesus' declaration, I am the light of the world. So let's dig into this. There's six really quick things I want you to see here, okay? Number one, the woman was in the dark. The woman's sin was committed in a place that was probably literally dark, probably curtains were drawn. She thought no one could see. She thought no one would find out probably in a secluded location. What was this woman thinking? What was she thinking? Tell me. Yes. That um, 
Yeah, maybe not even God can see me. Okay, good. What was the woman thinking? She's in the act of adultery. How did she get there? What was she thinking? Okay, so she got caught somehow. So what she thought was not true. Okay, she was in the darkness. So the way she was thinking about this was not the truth. She had fallen into some lies. What were the lies? Maybe she thought she deserved somebody better than her husband. I deserve better than him. I'm going to go find somebody better. What was she thinking? Yes, I'm going to do what feels good, right? It's my body. It's my right. We hear that kind of stuff all the time, don't we? That's good. What was she thinking? That it was good. She thought that it was good. Yes? She didn't think she needed God. I don't need God. I can do this on my own. Maybe this guy will make me happy. I'm lonely. Let me find someone so I won't be lonely. I want to escape my current relationship. I'm, this is kind of dull and boring. Let me go find something that's exciting. Let's explore. Let's sure. Let's, let's find out. How am I going to know unless I try it? We hear that too, don't we? No consequences. I bet, how many of you thought she never thought she was going to get caught? How many of you think she thought she was going to get caught and did it anyway? Yeah, because we don't ever go into stuff thinking, wow, I can't wait to get caught for this, you know? That's, we think I'm going to get away with it. That's what this secret stuff is about. That's what this stuff in dark places is about. No one's going to see what I'm doing on my computer at 11 o'clock at night. No one's going to see what my girlfriend and I are doing in the back of the dark bus on the way home from the basketball game. No one's going to know what I said here. It's anonymous. No one's going to see me take this from this aisle in the store. No, we think we can get away with stuff when we're in the darkness, and we're going to get away with it. I, I bet there are many of us in the room tonight who have our places of darkness in our lives, some secret place, some secret sin, something that we're doing, and we don't think we're going to get caught. And we don't think we need God, and it feels good, and we think we have a right to it, and so we just engage in it. Um, Micah, come on up here for a second. Um, this is my son, Micah, everyone. Micah um, is headed to the senior high. He was in the junior high. Micah's a lacrosse player, okay? And um, so I didn't tell Micah this, okay? But for the last two weeks, um, his mother and I have hired camera crews to follow him around. We've put cameras in his bedroom. We have been watching him every second of every hour. And um, the camera crew has taken that footage and all of his sins have been compiled onto a video. And now we're all going to watch his sins together. Okay? So, Micah, turn around on the big screen. This is your big moment. Welcome. And um, is the AV ready to go? We got this queued up. Okay? All right. Micah's sins, everybody. Here we go.
No, no, I'm just kidding, okay? All right, give Mike a hand, okay? He really is my son. I'm not joking about that. But listen, that's, about, that, that's what is about to happen in this passage. The woman is found out. And the legal police, the Pharisees, have dragged her into the center of town and put her on display in front of everybody and let them know this is what her sin is. Now let me ask you, put yourself in the position of that woman or Micah. What if I had called you up here and we really did put your sin up here for everybody to see? What would you be thinking and feeling? Yes, embarrassed. Regret. If I had known then what I know now, I never would have done that. Doubtful how? We might try to get out of it. We might try to justify it. Maybe my brother did something with this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, Micah would definitely think Noah was involved. I'm sure, I'm sure of that, okay? And we'll, we'll come to Noah here in just a second, okay? Yes. Maybe I have an evil plan. Okay. Sometimes we do try to get out of it. And in fact, some of this stuff is typical of the Pharisees, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So embarrassed regret. What would you think and what would you feel? Yeah. Betrayal. Betrayal. By whom? How do you disrespect someone, I guess? Oh, Okay. We don't know all the details of this, by the way, okay? We get these 11 verses. You could write a whole novel about this, okay? But, so we don't know how the people found out. Maybe someone told on her. We, we don't know, okay? Yes. Shame. What are my parents going to think? What are my kids going to think? What are my neighbors going to think? Right? Guilt, regret, embarrassment, shame. <laughs> How, how do I leave that out? What is God going to think? Because, remember now, the Pharisees are the religious legal police. They're the ones who are supposed to speak for God. So in this woman's mind, what does God think? Based on what the Pharisees are about to do, the woman thinks God is saying, you're going to die for this. Right? And so the woman started in darkness, and then she was dragged out into the light. And there is guilt, and there is shame, and there is hopelessness. How in the world do I get out of this now? Now listen, the woman wasn't the only one in the dark. The Pharisees were also in the dark. There was something they believed to be true, which was not true. The Pharisees believed it was their job to mete out the punishment. Whose job is it to mete out the punishment in your home? Okay. Is it usually your dad, usually your mom, or do they both like to punish you? (laughs) Yeah, okay. But how many of... What's that? Okay. Well, that's good when you have someone who shows grace. Okay. How many of you have an older sibling that think it's their job to hand out the punishment? There's a few, right? Like, mom, dad, hey, I heard what little brother or sister did. I got some advice for you. Here's what I think they deserve. Right? Okay. Is it your older brother or sister's job to determine your punishment? No, it's not. It's the, it's the parent's job, right? 
But the Pharisees are the older brothers, and they think they're the dad. And so they're, they're living in darkness. They don't have true understanding or good, right experience on what their role is. And so the Pharisees are in the dark also, okay? Now, um, there's a story um, that Plato tells. Plato was a Greek philosopher. And um, he tells a story about people who lived their entire lives in a cave. And the cave was lit by a fire. And because that was their only experience, they thought that shadows were real things, that shadows were reality. But if they had gotten out of that cave and out into the real light, they would understand exactly what shadows are. Shadows are just a reflection of something that is real. They're not really real in and of themselves. Does that make sense to you? And so um, what Jesus is about to do is he is about to bring the Pharisees out of their darkness into the light and show them what is real. And so the scripture says that he bent down and started writing in the ground with his finger. And the Pharisees, one by one, started to leave, beginning with the older ones. Why do you think that happened? Because the older ones have more experience, probably, and they think maybe they're... This is true. Um, listen to me. Okay, good. Normally, people, normally, this is not always true, but normally, people with white hair or no hair know a little bit more about life than you do. Okay? Because they've experienced things. They've seen some things, right? And so, when they're confronted with reality, they tend to recognize it more quickly. And so the older Pharisees, whatever it is Jesus is writing, and we don't know exactly what he's writing, but whatever he's writing, the older Pharisees are saying, Jesus, you got us. We're out. And one by one, they leave as they're dragged into the light. Now listen, this, I'm on number five already, and I only said six. We're almost done. Hang in there, okay? Number five. The purpose of the light is to redeem and restore the world. All right, hold on a second. How many of you are taking notes? Okay, let's take a time out, okay? Let's take a time out. Because if you're taking notes and I'm on five and all you heard was one, you're angry at me right now, okay? So look, one was the woman was in the dark. One was the woman was in the dark. Two was she was dragged out into the light. Two, she was dragged out into the light. Three, the Pharisees were in the dark. Three, the Pharisees were in the dark. Four, Jesus brought the Pharisees into the light. Four, Jesus brought the Pharisees into the light. And now we're on number five. Did you get all the four? Do I need to repeat any? Okay, is everybody happy with me now? Okay, number five. 
The purpose of the light is to redeem and restore the world. The purpose of the light is to redeem and restore the world. Listen, friends. Satan wants to use guilt and shame to keep you in the darkness where you are. Because his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And as long as you are hiding in the darkness, living outside of what is real and true, you will not experience the abundant life that the light of the world came to give you. Y'all with me on that? You should know this because whatever your dark secret sin is, you have to lie to cover it up. And then you have to keep lying to cover it up. And then you have to try to forget about the guilt and the shame that you feel. And this secret sin that you have that's being done in the darkness, it isn't leading you to life. It's choking the life out of you. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He doesn't want you to come into the light. And so he wants to tell you, if you go to the light, you're going to get killed. Your parents are going to throw you out of the house. Um, you won't be able to get the job that you want. Your friends aren't going to talk to you. Um, well, I, don't, I don't know. What else is he telling you? Maybe you don't want to answer this. I don't know. You trying to trip me? No. Okay. And so Satan is using these things. To try to keep you in the darkness. But what Jesus wants to do is pull you out into the light so that he can offer you grace and mercy. When Jesus looks at the woman, she's the only one there. The Pharisees have all left. And he looks at the woman, and what does he say? I guess it's my job to stone you. They all left. Is that what he says? What does he say? What does he say? Yes. I don't condemn you either. Now, does he say her sin is okay? Does he say, go back to doing what you're doing? No, he doesn't say that. But he says, listen, I'm not killing you over this. I want to bring you out into the light so I can redeem you and restore you. Now, go and sin no more. That's really important, gang, because we got a bunch of people who want to confess, and then they want to just go back to what they're doing and then confess again and go back to what they're doing, and that doesn't lead to life either. What leads to life is when we confess, and then we turn away from what it was we were doing and go in the opposite direction. The Bible calls that repentance. And that's what leads to life. There's no guilt there. There's no shame there. There's no worry about getting caught there. There's none of that there. And then here's what happens when we do that. Um, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Okay? So here's what what I want to do with this. Um, When I was in college, I had one of my mentors. He said, when you're trying to figure out that, like, what a word means in scripture, put all the definition words in the scripture and you get a better understanding of it. So let's do this. So Jesus says, remember in verse 12, he says, the one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. So let's put our words for light in there. 
Jesus says, The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the vision for life. The knowledge and understanding of life. The experience of life. If you walk in my light, you will have all of the things that are involved in abundant life. And that's what I came to give you. Um, the Pharisees were exposed and they walked away. Did you see that? None of the Pharisees hung around to say, Jesus, you got me. What do I need to do? How do I get grace? How do I get mercy? How can you redeem me and restore me? None of them were interested in that. They were interested in trying to be right. They loved their darkness and they were content to stay in it. So they said, Jesus, you got me. I'm out. The woman said, I don't have anywhere to go. What do we do now? And Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Right? She found grace. Number six, Jesus' call is to remain in the light. This is the last one. Jesus' call is to remain in the light. When we remain in the light, we reflect the light to the world around us. And that is our purpose. And there is no greater abundant life than living out our purpose. Listen, here's the problem with the world. You want to know what the problem with the world is? The problem with the world is we love darkness. Um, and the problem with us is Christians have forgotten the discipline of confession. We've forgotten that we're supposed to confess our sins. The scripture says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He promises us there is grace and mercy if you will come out into the light. And he also says that we should confess our sins one to another. So um, here's what I want to do. Can we kill the lights in just a second? Who has the ability to do that? I want you to look at um, the color glow stick that you have. Everybody hold your glow stick up. See what color you have. Okay? In a minute, we're going to turn off the lights, and I'm going to first have the people with the red glow sticks to crack theirs. Okay? When I tell you. And then, after that, we'll have the blue glow sticks crack, and then after that, we'll have the white ones. Okay? So... Um, let's go ahead and kill the lights. I do still, I do still have a blue shirt on. That's correct. Okay. All right. All right. Is this as dark as we can get it? All right. That's fine. That's fine. We're good. All right. Let's go blue glow sticks. If you have a blue glow stick, go ahead and crack it and open it. No, don't open it. Crack it. I don't know what I'm saying. Don't open it. Just crack it. Okay. 
Sorry. Yes, I know. Yes, yes, you're right. Is that all the blue ones we have? Okay. Can you see a little bit more than you could a few seconds ago? Okay. Now, listen, the world is dark. And what God is calling us to be, he's calling us to be moons. The moon does not have any light in and of itself. The moon's job is to reflect the light from the sun. And our job as believers is to catch the light of God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. That light should live in us, and we should reflect that to the world around us. And when we have just a few Christians, well, the light, the, the world gets a little bit more light out. Now, if you have a red glow stick, go ahead and crack that. Oh, we have four colors? Okay, we'll get to you. I thought all the, I see, I don't really, I thought the orange ones were red too. All right, can we see a little bit more now than we could a minute ago? All right, let's go orange. Or white, let's, okay, let's do all of them. Let's do all of them, okay? All right, let me ask you something. How many of you now could read something in your Bible or your notebook now? Yeah, some of you can take notes now, right? Okay. How different would our world be? Listen, how different would your school be if every one of you in this room let your light shine in your school? How many of you, would your homes be different if all of you let your light shine in your home? We could turn the lights back on. That's perfect. Just like that is great. Okay? The world that lives in darkness is depending on us to bring the light of Jesus so that people can be redeemed and restored. It's the only way it happens. Are you, you all understanding? You with me on this? God has put his light in us so that we can reflect his goodness and greatness to the world around us. But that doesn't happen unless we confess, unless we come out into the light and allow it to be reflected off of us to the world around us. So the worship team is going to come. I don't know if they know this or not, but they're going to come. And, or Aiden or somebody. And we're going to play something. And listen, I'm giving you an opportunity. Tonight, right here, right now, I'm giving you an opportunity to find grace and redemption and restoration. And it's going to take some courage on your part because I'm not going to drag you up here and put a video on of all of your sins. You're going, you're going to have to admit it. You're going to have to be willing to stand up and say, Jesus, you got me, and I'm done running away. Tonight, I'm confessing it. And I'm confessing it because I want the abundant life that you came to give me. I need your light. I've got to stop living a lie. And I've got to stop living with the chains of guilt and embarrassment and fear 
And I promise you that when you do that, when you confess that, there is grace and there is mercy. And so I'm going to ask the leaders to move out of the tent, out here to this, the real stage area, okay? And while we're singing, if you have that secret sin that is killing you and robbing you of joy and peace, I want you to go to one of the leaders, one who you trust, and I want you to confess and I want you to let them speak grace and forgiveness over your life. And I want you to let them empower you with the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. So that you might find the abundant life that Jesus has for you. Do you want it? Do you really want it? Because if you do, it's available to you tonight as they play slip out talk to a leader you trust and find the forgiveness and the grace that the light of the world wants to give you god bless you